0: Sometimes when we are a second, third, fourth generation, we are given things that the first generation dug deep, got developed conviction over that the second generation is just given. And then it becomes optional because I did not have to dive and dig and search for her as hid treasure. And the danger of second, third, fourth generation is thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought. Now, the first generation we have, we fall into this of, I know what I believe, you're not going to change my mind. And we become very proud and arrogant of our stand. Whereas I ought to have a willingness to wherever I find a discrepancy in my life or my theology in line with the scripture, I'm willing to change it. Truth takes preeminence. By the way, what did Jesus say? I am the truth. So Christ takes preeminence. But many times things are given to us and we do not appreciate them the way those that had to earn them do. For instance, I remember growing up, uh, by the time I was 15, 16 years old, I bought all my own clothes. I bought all my own groceries. I, 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 I mean, that's just, that's, just the, the, that's just the life that I lived. All right? So here I am. I, I took care of my things. Why? Because I knew that I was going to have to replace them. That meant I'm going to have to do a couple days labor to go ahead and replace that. Uh, you know, it's amazing how much money you don't make doing drywall. Like I look around today at people that make drywall. We got a quote to do our building. And all of a sudden they're, they're in the multiples of thousands of dollars. And I remember starting out and I got $4 an hour to pick drywall up, take it out, bring it in, hold it on the ceiling 16-hour days. And then, then you got taken to lunch and dinner, and that got taken off your pay. I was like, well, praise Jesus, I got some money. And I ate. I, I, listen, I, I got mine. I got mine out of the the Pizza Hut all-you-can-eat buffet. I got mine. Don't worry. All right. I'm still burying it today. Amen. All right. And uh, I would just like to thank... Um, Uncle Wayne for just allowing the opportunity and uh, what a privilege it has been to be with you. This morning, I want to preach a message on go forward. Go forward. I struggle with second generation that are willing to just throw away everything that we work very hard to establish and preach and proclaim. in um, here, sorry, we're just going to kind of i to touch a couple subjects that probably are not too keen on touching, but I'm kind of a sandpaper person. I rub people the wrong way a lot. Um, I am troubled by the lack of dress standards. Now, standards do. Listen, standards are not the end all be all. Standards are a reflection of what's on the, in, on the heart working its way out. All right. God looketh on the heart. Not the outward appearance, but it it never says that the outward appearance is not important. He never said that. Eliab looked like a king. He looked like a king, but the heart was the issue. And you can look like a Christian, but the heart's the issue. But that doesn't mean the outside ought not look like Christian. We have no music standards in our churches today the The carnality is coming in our churches in droves, and the preachers are now getting up in their blue jeans and ripped pants I, uh, uh, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I could have made a lot of money if I'd had just kept my clothes from being a teenager. but that's spirituality now. And we promote this idea that it's okay because we're under grace and and we now can just do whatever we please. Please show me in your scriptures where God says you can do whatever you want. Young people, you are going to have to take stands. Young men, you are going to have to take a stand. Don't be a jerk. Don't be harsh, but learn to stand. Develop a backbone. Hey, I I, I hear this a lot when we go to colleges and different things of, I'm preparing for the ministry. Stop preparing for the ministry. You're in ministry now. These are proving times. This is not, this is not, let me get out in 10, 12 years and I'll do the work for the Lord. No, God is giving you opportunity to serve now. Corral, you went up and down from Texas all the way back up and you served in churches and you served folks. Listen, you have opportunity on a weekly basis to serve here. Well, it's just not glamorous. When do we become glory hounds? I love the woman that, uh, the, uh, man, uh, she, she came. Jesus is sitting in the, the Pharisee's house, and this, this woman that was a sinner brought her alabaster box and brings it down to Jesus' feet and pours it over his feet, and she takes her hair and puts it on his feet. Listen, she put her glory at the feet of Christ. You and I ought to put our glory at the feet of Christ. This is not about you and me. It's not about being a positive personality. It's not about being a, a a shock jock that you can just come in and you can just say these things. Listen, I, I I really really I have a real hard problem with people that just get into the pulpit and take advantage of a sacred desk and defile it with vile words and profane words and loose words. This is an opportunity to preach God's word, to encourage God's people to go forward. Amen. So when you step into this pulpit, you step into a pulpit, you step into a classroom, you step into a ministry, remember that you have been, you have, been, you have the opportunity, you have been blessed with the privilege of standing and influencing for our God. And this morning, before we leave this place, I want you, I, I know y'all hear it a lot. You hear it a lot. You even the songs that were picked today, Ah, oh, praise the Lord. Now unto him. That's our, that's our church verse. Rent the heavens. Please do it. We want to see you do it again. But see, for the second generation, you've got to come to a point to where you establish things for yourself. Now, Miss Sierra, you've got to dig, you've got to fight, you've got to call, you've got to get there, you've got to establish it for yourself. I don't know your background, I don't know what all you came from, but my wife and I, we're bus kids. And everything that we believe right now, we establish when we're 13, 14, 15, 16 years old. That's just the way it was. I think of a man named Moses. Moses, I, now, now we know Jacobed. Um, his mother um, raised him, that he went into Pharaoh's house. I, and, and I understand that Moses may not have been a first-generation Christian, but he was raised by heathen and still was established that there is a God, that he's going to follow him, he's going to be with his people. Moses then would go on and see God do great and mighty things. I think we all can agree with that. God used Moses in a mighty way. So today I want to challenge you, don't be Moses. Because you can't. Everything you've got so far has been handed to you. You are now, you are now establishing your own path. You're establishing your own convictions. You're establishing your own way. See, and this is why I love Joshua. See, Joshua was the second generation. And let's begin in Joshua chapter number one. We're going to get to Joshua chapter number four. Now yesterday was very important for us to lay the foundation that Jesus meets the need of every individual in this room. Each and every one of us are broke on some level, all right, and, and by the way, let me encourage you don't get discouraged when you don't have the dramatic, sensational testimony. When you're giving your testimony about your salvation and how you were heartbroken over your sin of lying at five years old, listen to me, that is one of the most glorious testimonies I've ever heard. I wish I had that testimony. It would take years and 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 years to get over some of the things. And even to this day, I struggle in certain areas that other people just don't struggle in. But my God is sufficient for my needs just as, and you're going to see this in just a few moments, as he is sufficient for your needs. See, you know what you and I have in common? Number one, we are sinners. Number two, because of our sin, we are broke. Number three, the same blood that cleanses my sin is the same blood that cleanses your sin. So right here at the foot of the cross, you and I are on level ground. So now let's go forward. Joshua chapter number one. Let's begin reading in verse number 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, uh, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant is dead now, therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I give to them." Even to the children of Israel, every place that the sole of thy foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. And as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness unto this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be thy coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. Let's pray. God, help me now, fill me with your power, give me the words to say, Lord, as we walk out of this place, help us, help us, Lord, to walk out with a confidence that we are going to move forward. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Did God move in Moses' life? Come on, come on now, Now, y'all, I know, I know, I know we're in the Northern College Chapel, and I know y'all are not normal to the interaction, but I am ADA. ADHD, um, ADD, ODD, whatever. I'm all the above. All right. So y'all are going to have to help me. All right. Y'all ready? Did God work in Moses' life? Yes. Wow. That was almost like y'all are excited about God worked in Moses' life. All right. So here it is. God worked in Moses' life. Now Joshua has watched God lead Moses. Joshua has been crucial in the fighting. Joshua has been part, he, what is he? He's Moses' minister. He's ministering to Moses. Here he is. He's doing what Moses said to do. If, if somebody need to be dragged outside the city to be stoned, I bet Joshua was the one dragging them outside the city. Joshua was just that kind of guy. And uh, and, and here it is. He's in the battle, and he's ready to go, and now he is the successor to Moses. What a tall order. But watch this. This is amazing to me. Moses is dead. Joshua is standing there, and God begins to speak to him, and he tells Joshua, he said, Get me over, Jordan. It's time to go. I've been in, you've been in the wilderness long enough. You've been here 40 years. You've been with me. You followed me wholly with your whole heart. You followed me. Now let's get busy. Let's go get the land. Joshua's like, okay. All right. um, Step number one. Oh, Joshua, don't worry. I'm going to do it. Don't worry, I'm going to give you the plan. We see Josh, Josh messed it up at AI when he did his own planning. By the way, you will mess your life up when you start thinking that you can get a better plan than God has. All right? So, so here it is. Moses is now, uh, he's off the scene. Joshua's now in control. He has now got the promise of God. I will be with thee. Well, let's watch how, he, how God is with him. How is God going to be with him? Well, he promises, I'm not going to fail you, and I'm not going to forsake you. In chapter number 4, all right, because he tells him, he said, I want you to get over Jordan. In verse number, uh, chapter number 3 and verse number 14, and it came to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan, and the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people, and as they bear the ark were come unto Jordan, and the feet of the priest that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water. Well, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on. Uh, that's not how Moses did it. Moses got to wave his staff over the Red Sea and it parted. Uh, that's not, uh, hold on. Oh, whoa. I didn't sign up for this. You're telling me I got to step into the water. And God is saying, yeah, come on in. The water's just fine. It's not going to be there for long. Trust me. (laughs) And what did those men do? They stepped into the brim of the water. And now watch this. This is amazing to me. that Then the Jordan River separates, cuts off, swells up, pushes itself back, stands up. Now, there's roughly 2 million people about to cross this river. I don't think, I don't, maybe I'm wrong. And I could be wrong. I've been wrong a lot in my life. Actually, I'm used to it. (laughs) But I don't think the Jordan River just did a span for a couple of people to walk across. I mean, it, had to be, it had to be span enough to where the, the priests that are carrying the ark could get to the middle, stand there firm on dry ground for everyone to pass by. Oh, and, and not just that, not just that. He had 12 men. They get to the other side and he tells them, hey, go back in and get 12 stones. I, I, I don't know about you, but uh, my faith would be tested that day carrying the ark. All of a sudden you see like a Leviathan come swimming by, he's eyeing you up like your supper. Or surely he will not eat the mercy seat. Amen. Fish is coming staring at you. And here it is. But but what happened? Joshua is experiencing the presence of God for himself. The same God that parted the Red Sea, that delivered all the people, is the same God still delivering. And I'm here to tell you some 2,000 years after the time of Christ, the same God that delivered Joshua is the same God that delivered me, is the same God that will deliver you. And he wants to work in your heart and life. He wants to do exceedingly abundantly above what you could ask or think. All right, I'm going to just put it out there. All right, I got the opportunity in 2002 to travel with a traveling singing group. Yep, I can't sing, but I'm a presence. (laughs) I've got a really good personality. That was also the pack mule. I carried everything. The van broke down. They put the trailer on my (laughs) back. No wagons for Jeff. <laughs> but do you know what was amazing to me? We got to go to Northfield, Massachusetts. Got to go into Moody's chapel. And I was standing there on the platform where Moody would have preached. And Pastor Jerry Cleveland's up there in the balcony, and the, the auditorium is built for acoustics. You'd love it. Y'all harmonize everything, even happy birthday. <laughs> even your whoop was harmonized. It's incredible. I'm like, <laughs> sound like a broken camel. <laughs> but here it is. He, we're standing there in Brother Cleveland. And he's like, Jeff, I want you to preach. He said, preach that message you preached in competition. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. He said, no, Jeff, preach. And what that pastor did for me that day was cast a vision for my life that I did not even see. And right that day, I got the opportunity. Listen, I don't know how many people can say this. I got the opportunity to preach where D.L. Moody preached. Did you hear about that time I preached to an empty auditorium where D.L. Moody was? <laughs> but, you know, here I am, Jeff Ferguson from Trailer Parkville, Tennessee, and now I get to address the second generation getting ready to go out and do something for God. Yeah. I'm nobody, but my God is an awful good somebody. Somebody. And see, and there, there are three attributes I see. I'm going to talk fast. You listen fast, and we'll try to get through this. But here, there are three attributes that I see when God is interacting with His people. And I'm going to I'm going to give you a challenge. I've been reading on it. I've been studying on it. Every interaction that God has with a human being, you will find these three attributes are found. All three of these attributes are found in every interaction He has with mankind. Are you ready? Number one, you see his goodness. What did he give Moses? What did he give Joshua? He said, "Just as I was with Moses, I'm with you. My word can be counted on. The pillar by day, uh, the cloud by day, fire by night. I'm with you. You don't have to worry about me failing on you. You don't have to worry about me forsaking you. You don't have to worry about me leaving you high and dry." He said, no, 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 I am with you. And in that, we see the goodness of the Lord. God's been so good to us. The home, the heritage that you've been given. Listen, I understand bad things happen to good people. I understand all that. Some of the hurts and different things that we've got to work through, I understand all of that. But that does not negate God's goodness. A hey, Glory Baptist Church has been blessed with a tornado hitting their building. So please don't come to us and discourage us and disparage us and, oh, we're so sorry to hear about your building. No, God blessed us with that. What am I going to be? I want to be a good steward of the blessing he has given. So I've got one of two ways. I can either, I can, I can trash talk God You said you'd take care of us. Well, how about this? How about this in taking care of us? That one hour before the tornado hit our building, my deacon that normally cleans the church on Saturday night and prays through the building was there. Praise the Lord, he wasn't there the hour it hit. We thank God for the things that he has done. We thank him for the things he has given because he is good. You go all the way back. You go all the way back to the Garden of, of, of Eden. What, do you, what the number one attribute I see of God is his goodness. He said, let there be light, and there was light. He separated the light from the darkness. I see his holiness there. Hey, by the way, God has been in the separating business since the beginning of time. So that should be nothing new to us that we should separate from the things of this world. But what did he say after day one? It was good. Day two, it was good. Day three, it was good. Day four, it was good. Day five, it was good. Day six, it was very good. Do you know why? Because he created, woe, man. <laughs> it was not good that man should be alone. That's the only time, watch this, that's the only time you find in all the creation of God that, man, that God said it was not good. Because he knew how dumb I am. Climb the ladder to cut the, the limb of the tree off. That you're standing on. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's not good that Jeff is alone. Tracy, Tracy honey, I got this. Hey, calm down. Calm down. You're going to die. I know I am, but it's okay. And then he created a woman. He said it was, and then on the seventh day, watch this, he rested and he said, it was very good. From the very beginning, we find God's goodness Instead of looking at all the negative, listen, I understand there's personalities such as and melancholies and pessimistics and all this stuff. But listen, instead of trying to focus on all the negative, how about you focus on God is good? That will change my mentality when I start to go into the work. Yesterday, one of our men is probably going back to prison. Pray for him. I can't go into all the details. Tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, we have a very important meeting with his parole officer. And I can look at it one, two ways. He's going back to jail. Great. Everything we've done over the last year, great. No, God has a plan. I'm praying that we can actually get him down to Oklahoma to Brother Carter's. Get him down to the Victory Ranch. Amen. I can look at it one of two ways. I want to focus on God's goodness. But I want you to see God's ability, God's ability. In verse number 15, it says, And as they bear the ark, those that bear the ark came unto Jordan. The foot of the priest, bear the ark, was dipped in the brim of the water. For the Jordan overflowed all the banks all the time of the harvest. Winky smile. You see that? Yeah, see, the King James was using emojis before they were real popular. Uh-huh. Amen. I don't know what happened to his other eye, but. That the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city of David. But watch. Oh man, this is so good. This, watch this. This is so good. It's about to get gooder toward the sea, uh, uh, I'm sorry, that is beside Zartan, Zartan. And those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off. And the people passed over right against, where? Who they are about to engage in battle with. Isn't that interesting? He is showing us his ability. He has the ability to get any obstacle out of your way. Stop trusting in your ability. It is not about you. It is not about what you can do. It is not about you being good enough. He's already good enough for all of us. And he has the ability to deliver. So stop trusting in yourself. Now, lastly, We see his faithfulness, his faithfulness in verse number 10 of chapter number four, for the priests which bear the ark stood in the midst of Jordan until everything was, what's that word? Help me. One more time. Everybody finished. Finished. We see God's faithfulness. Remember how yesterday we said He puts you in His hand, and he, Jesus puts his hand in the Father, and then He seals us with the Holy Spirit. Philippians chapter number one, verse number six says, "He hath begun a good work in you and will perform until when? Until the day of Jesus Christ. He will be faithful to the end." You can do exactly what God wants you to do if you will stop leaning on your ability and trust Him. He is good. And everything that you go through, even when Job went through all his trial and tribulation, at the end, it was good. My Redeemer liveth, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job saw the goodness of God. And at the end of it, God has an interaction with Job. And in that questioning, he asked him 43 different questions. And every single one of them, Job had to say no, 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 no. No, no, no. And when, Moses, when, Job, said, when Job said, I'm not going to talk, no, God says, no, 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 I want you to answer me like a man. Answer me. And what did Job experience? Job experienced God's ability to go well beyond what was humanly possible. See, young people, God has called you to His purpose. And it is good. Stop leaning on your own ability. Stop trusting in your own logic. Stop trusting in whatever you can produce. Because He is good. And He is able. And he is faithful. Folks, I can tell you this. In my 39 years of life, never one time since I have trusted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior at the age of 21 years old, never one time has he let me down. Never one time. We've dealt with some real hard issues. 2019, Uncle Wayne was preaching on a father's love during Victory Conference. And this is how I sat the entire time. Because I was mad at Dad for what he had preached right before. And that was father wounds and mother wounds and things that I had been able to suppress for years God decides in the middle of victory conference to say, it's time to open these up. I remember sitting with dad and he thought, hey man, he's like, Houston, we have a problem. (laughs) But he asked me a question. He said, do you pray for your dad? I said, why would I? he said, because the Bible tells us to pray for them that despitefully use us. That is beyond my ability. But he is able. And he is good. And now I see that. That there are things that have been blessed into my life. That now we can help. And we can minister. God is faithful. Young people, if we could get anything. If you get nothing from the last two days. It is this, that you have a good God that is able and is faithful to do whatever you will let him do. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this time. Lord, I pray now that you would use this message. God, I don't know who is here. I don't know what struggle is here, what struggle is present. But I do know this, that God, you have not called us to be a faithless generation. It doesn't matter if we're 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, 16th generation. God, you have called us to fulfill your purpose in our lives. Lord, we pray that this time would be a time of conforming us to your image, manifesting yourself to us so you can manifest yourself through us. Lord, help us.